You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. This is our weekly conversations with the CFP edition, where certified financial planners join us to have honest money conversations that guide nurses like you on their path to financial freedom. If you want to get your questions answered, make sure you head over to nursesonfirepodcast.com slash ask to be featured in an upcoming episode. All right, Nurses on Fire, we are back with another episode with our certified financial planner, Marie Tomlinson. (laughs) (laughs) And last week, we learned about the history of socially responsible investing, how that now is termed impact investing. Now we're going to dig into the how, like, okay, so now we know these things. We know that it's our moral imperative to invest in these stocks, but like, how do we do that? What does that look like? in action, in real life, like in practice, what does that look like? All right. So this is where we get into like the the meaty parts because just like Instagram and blogger, right? Like everything is new. So you have to keep this in mind. Like this is why it's hard. And this is why it's so inactionable sometimes because there's a lot of financial advisors or banks and whatnot that don't even offer these things. You have to go out and search for it. So I am doing the heavy lifting for you, and I am so happy to be doing this. And we appreciate you for doing that. (laughs) Yes, you are going to know. And what I would say is listen to all the episodes and listen to the pros and cons, listen to all the options, and I'll be providing PDFs of all of this information for for your listeners to make an informed decision so they can say, you know what, I'm going to do this now but I'm going to put this on the list for next year. And that is a, okay. Like nothing wrong with that. Right. That's how we do everything in life. You got to start somewhere. So we're going to go through three different buckets, spend, save, and invest. And then we're going to go through within each one, each category, we're going to do easy, medium, hard. So we're going to start out with a save, right? Like everybody saves money, but you got to save it somewhere. Please don't put it under your mattress. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a really bad idea. And, and so, so the example for today, and Asima, we've already talked about this a little bit. It's Aspiration Bank because you've got them listed on your website, right? So they are, they're going to be the save and the easy. All right. So Aspiration Bank is the bank that is, it's like the feel-good bank, right? You pay what you can. And they have this thing called AIM, Aspiration Impact Measurement. So you can bank with them. You pay what you want, which is a great marketing tactic, I will add, because everybody goes to the the middle. But what they do on the banking side that's unique is they will tell you of what you spend, how good it is. Like, where is your money going? And, and it's almost like the, the really easy way of doing impact investing. So in our lifetime, we're going to spend way more money than we save. Certainly when we're younger, you spend a whole lot of money when you're young, you invest just a little. And then when you're older, you flip that equation, right? Like you're, you're investing less and less as you draw that money down. So if one of the biggest tools we have is how we spend, then Aspiration Banks is a great job of 
helping you recognize and maybe just like that little like reminder in your head, like, okay, that wasn't so cool. Like, why are you buying shit at Walmart or Amazon? <laughs> right? So there's some catches though. And this is why, this is, this is what makes aspiration easy. So aspiration is is easy because they've got like a slick tech interface. They don't have actual like locations. It's all done online, but it's really easy to sign up for an account. Aspiration is not actually a bank though. So Aspiration partners with banks and I did a little bit of research for you. They do not partner with any credit unions. They're partnering with actual banks like for-profit banks. So you know, the, the money that you're putting into aspiration, it's not necessarily going to anywhere to, to, you know, to help the collective good necessarily, aside from like the bank, right? So that's like a little bit of a negative, but it's still not B of A, it's not Wells Fargo, it's not Chase. So, you know, already, you know, that's like a low, really low hurdle to jump just to like, you basically just have to shuffle, like do the Trump shuffle and you can like, just not using one of those big three banks is, is good enough. And they have access to ESG investments. So again, this is kind of like the, the baseline. Aspiration is actually an RIA, a registered investment advisor. The hook is the banking. And what they really want is they want your investment money. And so they've got this do good, feel good philosophy. And what they're trying to do truly is because what's very sticky is is investment assets and so they want you come over to their investment arm and invest in their esg funds which by the way are managed by ubs so yet another like it's not the same as the the banks that are doing the the actual you know savings you know banking their primary bank is called i've got it here coastal community bank it's not a credit union it is a smaller bank so in that sense, it's good. Like at least it's a small business. A small business in the United States is defined as a company with less than 500 individuals, which I believe Coastal Community Bank is. So it's far better than the alternative. But the, the one big problem that I have with Aspiration Bank is, and it's all on Wikipedia, is if you look at their list of investors, as far as I can see, there's only one kind of impact-minded investor. The rest of them are like your basic private equity, you know, you know, bottom dollar. So what does that say when you've got a bunch of investors who, who are profit over people investing in a bank that's all about, you know, supposedly people over profit? So... This is where you get into the nuances, right? So how much of this were you aware of? Zero. <laughs> Zero. I mean, nothing, look, this is the whole thing. So this, like for my audience, like whenever you're learning, chances are I'm learning too. This is like something where we're constantly 
growing in our knowledge base. And, you know, for me, like the whole time I'm thinking about this, you know, the way I look at a bank is a safe place to keep my money. Right. And then I don't look too much further into it. I know that I would never open an IRA at a bank. And I know that there's high yield savings accounts where I can get better returns on my bank. But a lot of times we don't look at the back end of the bank and stuff. I know that Bank of America is horrible. Citibank is horrible. <laughs> I, know, I know that these banks are horrible, but it's on the side of like the fees that they charge and discriminatory lending practices and things like this. But how they use your money is something we rarely ever think about. And it's something that I never had the wherewithal to think about. And so thank you again for opening my eyes to this stuff because this is where we need to put our heads. Like this is what we need to focus on because this, these are very important topics. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a for-profit institution and there is nothing wrong with that. It's just go into it with your eyes open that they're doing a little bit less good than you realize. So it's slick. It's easy to set up. You know, the tech is there. It's better than the mass alternatives, but there's some issues with it where, you know, and we'll get into it next week and the week after, like there's things that you can do that are way, way more impactful with your money. So your money in this case is not going to be lent out to low income housing or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's just not, everything is done on like, you know, the, the, the bottom dollar, that's what they care about. And so I think considering that you can get an ESG portfolio almost anywhere that, you know, unless you really need it to be easy and, and for some people you do like, no shame there, right? Like if you need it easy, otherwise I'm not going to do it. Like then by all means do that. That's already a huge step in the right direction. Do you use Aspiration for their ESG funds? I don't use them at all. <laughs> I'm really honestly just learning more about them now. But see, that's the thing though. And I think that's a topic that's worth talking about because so many things we do, you know, like you've got people helping you, like they're trying to do good. And then people go to your website and they look at it and they're like, yeah, great. Like Nassim is doing it must be great. Nassim is supporting it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, you know, that, that can work, you know, it, it goes both ways, right? Like it can do a lot of good. It can do a lot of bad. And so, you know, in, in an age of fake news or supposed fake news, like actually reading the sources is a huge thing. Like even I don't like who's got time for that. I go through Reddit and I, I read the comments and I read the, you know, the headline and then somebody somewhere will be like, did you even read it? <laughs> I'll be like, ah, there's a paywall, like. There's no time. And so we are in an, a society where there's so much information and that it's really hard. It, it's not that hard. It just takes time. It takes time. And yeah, it's like it's when you're on your phone, you're scrolling and you're like spending 0.5 seconds on something to think about. And a lot of times we make our decisions off of that. So, yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, not a bad, like not a bad place to start. I will always support anybody. You know, the, the, the one thing I will say about using something like aspiration 
is that because Aspiration is not actually the bank, you know, it's, it's basically a third-party bank, I did do kind of a deeper dive into this a few years ago, so I don't know where they're at now, but a lot of people were complaining because what happens when you have a third party? Like, things fall through the cracks and people weren't getting their cards. So there have been complaints. Primarily, there was a lot on Reddit, which is where I go for a lot of my information, but and, and even other places too. So, you know, if you want a bank, get a bank. And even for myself, you know, I hate to say it, but for, for my business, I use Chase because I know, it, you know, it's, it's sometimes because it, it syncs up with QuickBooks and it's really easy. Everybody has Chase QuickPay to be able to pay, to pay vendors. You know, I know that I can send a wire out if I need to, like transfers are easy. One time I tried setting up an account with a U.S. bank and they only let me make withdrawals of $1,000 at a time. And then it's like a $3 fee. And I'm like, well, no wonder, like, why are you making this so hard? I'll see. Yeah, that's not okay. All right. So, you know, like I said, I use Chase for my, for my business banking. You know, it's reliable. I know it's going to work. I know they're not going to lose my money in transit somewhere. And so you got to do business. And so that's where you kind of have to take, take kind of a targeted approach to where are you going to put your effort? So when it comes to your savings, you don't, you don't want to mess that up, right? Or just even your checking, like you don't want to have to worry if, if it's a worry for you that, you know, balancing your checking account or something's going to bounce, you got to do what works for you. And so with that, you know, I mean, I know I, I started out really rosy with aspiration and then I kind of, you know, went down the rabbit hole. Aspiration really excels where some of these other options that we're going to talk about in later weeks fail because their tech, it just makes it easy and you can feel good about your banking. You're still doing something good, but you're not jumping through all the hoops to do it. And I think that that's the biggest takeaway is that they've got the tech, they've got the interface that makes it easy and it is 100% better than the alternative that most of us go to. So I'm not going to sit here and like say like move everything to aspiration, but they have a place. And if that's where you're at, like by all means, you know, go for aspiration. It's FDIC insured. I believe up to $2 million. So they do, they do this fancy thing because FDIC insurance is not $2 million. It's like 250. 50,000. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So back in 08, 09, believe it or not, I worked in institutional asset management. And so, and I actually worked in mortgage backed securities. And so I worked for all of those millionaire portfolio managers, billionaire guys, and they're literally running out of the office to go to the bank to take like 250 out to put it in another bank account because they were worried about banks failing because like there was a hot minute there where it was a real mess. And so now what's been devised, this isn't, you know, it's kind of an option for people who are much more high net worth because you got to have 250000 or more to even be worried about it, about FDIC insurance, is there's, there's companies that will go and like basically split up the two hundred and fifty for you or like your money into $250,000 chunks and place it at different banks to make sure you get your FDIC insurance. So totally off topic. 
that's like, you know, for the really high net worth savers, if you're saving $2 million, like, we need to talk because we already talked about inflation. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, I was thinking about that. I'm just like, who has $200 million, I mean, $2 million just sitting in a bank account? I know. I know. So that should not be happening anyways for like 99.5% of the American population. So if you're doing that, then there's already a, a a big problem because you're everything's going to get eaten away. But I did have a question because this is along those lines. So Aspiration Bank, like I'm still kind of confused on what they do because I'm looking at their website while you're talking. I'm just like, so are there, is it a savings account or is it an investment account? Like what exactly is it? Like, it's kind of like, huh? And why am I paying these fees? And what bank is it in? Like even just looking at the looking at their website, even though the interface online looks really really nice, I'm still confused. So are you? So were you talking about? Were you talking about it as a savings account? That okay. So like as a savings account, like an alternative to putting your savings account in a bank. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. But then I got confused by the website. So I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and this is because it's an investment firm who, who is, you know, trying to look like a bank, but they're not. So their role is to act like a high yield, a higher yield savings. So an alternative to just putting your money into a standard bank account. Their goal is to act like a feel good account. That's their goal. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Their goal is to get the socially conscious investor and saver and consumer that's their goal so and that's also the goal you know of of all those people who've you know made investments in the company so they're going for a very particular market like you know basically millennials gen z people with money who actually give a shit and you know and it's working and it's just fine as a savings account whatnot you can totally invest with them but it is confusing because they are confusing. They have a confusing structure. Like it's not Aspiration Bank. It's, it's Coastal Community Bank. I have to keep looking at the page, right? Like, and they've got all these banking partners and, and then they've got Aspiration Investments. It's all over the place. But if you just want to sign up for a bank account and save your money, and get their Aspiration Impact Measurement that tells you, like if nothing else, that you get a report telling you, or just like a reminder that you spend X number of dollars at the gas station and that's like not the greatest place to be spending your money, like maybe it'll make you think twice. No, it was cute. I was looking at it. It was like they take how much money you spend on gas and then what they give to like carbon neutral places. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it is very interesting. It is very like feel goody. Like, you know, it's talking about redwood sustainability, sustainability and all this kind of stuff, which is which is cool and which are things people are looking to support. But I'm still like <laughs> still confused. What do they do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably haven't helped the confusion by shedding a light on on really like what it is. But you know, this is again, when we came, if we come back to the subject of sustainable investing, this is why it's tricky. This is 100% why it's hard, right? 
there's pros and cons to everything. If you want to be super sustainable, um, social justice oriented, then like, I don't know where in the world you can live and what company, like there's no such thing as a socially responsible company. I think it was the head of Patagonia who, who said that, like, there is no responsible company because that's like, that's like not the purpose of a company. And I think that you have to get comfortable with that idea that there is no perfect solution and everything's going to have a trade-off. And that's kind of what we're talking about now. Like there's, these are the trade-offs and, and it's up for you to decide like what's more important to you right now. Is it ease of use? Is it feeling good about it? Is it just making at least a shift away from, you know, Wells Fargo, who's awful? And if so, then, then that's fantastic. Like, start right there. For people who are looking for a place to save money. So this is episode is about places to save money in a socially responsible, impactful way. Aspiration Bank is a good place to start. Yep. Easy option. Yeah. Easy button. That's the easy button. That's the, that's the easy button right there. Yep. And so for next week's episode, we're going to talk about something a little bit more challenging. We hope that you've enjoyed the episode and that you've learned something new to set you on your path to financial independence. If you love this episode, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want us to go over your financial situation or have your questions answered, head on over to Nurses on Fire podcast slash ask and have us do an analysis of your individual financial situation. And don't worry, we'll keep you anonymous. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. But don't forget to subscribe. Bye bye.